0: from India's largest newsroom I'm Arun George and this is the Times of India podcast
1: um I still uh, I'm still going to play a couple more tournaments but my journey of my uh, professional career started in Melbourne. (laughs) Sorry, guys.
0: We knew it was coming, but her exit from her last Grand Slam tournament confirmed that the Sanya Mirza era is officially ending. She has a couple of tournaments more to go before she officially retires. But for all practical purposes, this is perhaps the last time we are expected to see her in a Grand Slam tournament. Even in her last Grand Slam tournament, Sanya finished in the final of the mixed doubles with Rohan Bopanna. In her career, Sanya has won 43 career WTA doubles titles. She's won three Grand Slam tournaments in the women's doubles category and three Grand Slam titles in the mixed doubles category. She's the only Indian woman to ever win a WTA Tour singles title so far. Basically, there's little doubt that Sanya Mirza is one of India's greatest women athletes ever. No Indian woman has come even close to achieving the same level of success in professional tennis. Here's a short history of the biggest achievers in women's tennis in India before Sanya.
1: The history of women's tennis is, uh, is, is really intriguing because it actually starts right after Wimbledon does in the 19th century. The first name which would come to mind uh, for, for various reasons for me uh, is Rajkumari Amritkor. And Rajkumari Amrit Kaur, and, um, Rajkumari Amrit Kaur is, is a remarkable woman from, from many aspects. Uh, besides the fact that she was the first Indian woman to ever win a title at a tennis tournament. So at the, at the Shimla tournament, three years in a row, 1911 to 13, I think, uh, she won the mixed doubles. But more remarkable than that is what she went on to do thereafter because she became Gandhiji's secretary for about 17 years. Uh, she's the founder of AIMs. She was India's first health minister. And she was the president of the All India Lawn Tennis Association. She founded the Rajkumari Amritkar coaching scheme, uh, which actually gave rise to people like Premjeet Lal, Jaydeet Mukherjee, uh, and, and the stalwarts from that Ramanathan Krishnan age. But if you look international, uh, I think Rita Davar is, is someone whose name we often forget. She was actually India's first and only singles Wimbledon finalist in any category. So she reached the Junior Girls uh, Wimbledon final in 1952. Uh, and uh, And nobody's done that since. And then there was, you know, Nirupama Mankard, uh, who was Asian champion. She was national champion for many years. Um, Kiran Bedi, who actually very few people remember, was a tennis player, national champion, Asian champion. They all remember her as, you know, India's top cop uh, and, and then BJP MP. Um, and then there was a, a lady from, from Chennai called Lakshmi Mahadevan, uh, who was also national and Asian champion. And then there was finally Nirupama Vaidyanathan, uh, who officially is... The second Indian woman to have gone beyond the first round of singles. Uh, this is before before Sanya, obviously, uh, in 1998. So there were a lot of lot of remarkable, very very good Indian women's players before uh, before Sania. But uh, you know, then, then Sanya Sania comes in and and she is a game changer.
0: That's Anindo Datta, who's the author of Advantage India: The Story of Indian Tennis. The book traces the evolution of Indian tennis over decades, and not surprisingly, Sania Mirza is a major character in the book. In today's episode, we're speaking with Anindo about Sania Mirza's long tennis career, her biggest controversies, as well as the secret of her success. In your book, you write about her history. Her father was in the US, came back to Hyderabad, and starts putting her in tennis coaching, and uh, they suddenly very quickly realize that she's got this hand-eye coordination that's quite remarkable. You also have a quote from a coach which says that she displayed more guts than ever before or since. Uh, could you explain what he meant by that? This was Nandan Bal actually who,
1: uh, who uh, told me that his actual words and you're free to edit it out is um, uh, he said she has more balls than any um, Indian tennis player who's <laughs> ever played tennis. Uh, and, and the reason is, um, you know, if you saw the match or or even clips of the match, the Australian Open mixed doubles final, uh, you would see through the match, Sanya's on the, on the deuce court at the far end of the deuce court. And she's doing these cross court rallies uh, with the male player on the other side. She chooses to do that, right? So, so, so the easy thing would be to attempt Because forehand's a strong point. The easy thing would be to attempt to down the line against the other woman player, right? But she knows that she keeps doing that. She has faith in her um, ability with the forehand. And she's going to get the guy to make a mistake. And that's what she does almost every single time she did that. And and that's what it is. A lot of players get defensive uh, when they face... And Indian players typically would, would face players better than themselves on the other side, right? I mean, that's the reality. Except when probably Leander and Mahesh were playing together and, and, and you know, they weren't top the of the world. Uh, so to be able to go in there and take the chance and be aggressive at every moment and never back down, uh, that's what Nandan was talking about.
0: Just in case you're not familiar with the term, ad court refers to the half of the court to the left of the center line. Deuce court refers to the right half of the court. She makes this transition to professional tennis rather quickly, would you say? Or was that a gradual process? No, I think I think she she decided to make that switch uh, fairly
1: quickly. But then if you look at, uh, you know, the tennis greats worldwide, that's what they all do, right? Uh, the, there are very few who, uh, you know, keep playing until their 20s or even late teens until they make that move. Uh, if you look at uh, Nadal, you look at uh, Federer, Djokovic, they, they all made that transition quite early in their teams. All the excellent players who are there in the men's tennis today, they did the same. Uh, Sharapova did the same. So, so I think that's that's the sign of a good player where you're able to make that transition
0: quickly. Then isn't it remarkable, like given that you don't have any peers who have done it, there's really no one who's done this before you to the same extent? So was that like a leap of faith? Was that a let's see what happens? Do we know that? Uh,
1: you know. It, it it was a leap of faith for um, her parents certainly, and they believed in it. But if you look at every successful Indian tennis player till date, male or female, it is parent driven. It is not the All India Lawn Tennis Association driven. It is not system driven. There is no system in India uh, for tennis. I mean, it's as simple as that, right? Um, so that is the faith which um, you know, and and the investment that they make of time, money, uh, effort, which creates that. They saw the promise very early and then uh, they just believed in her. And, and she believed in herself. And it's all about belief in the end, right? That if you, if you believe you can do something is when you, when you start uh, moving towards it. Uh, and that's true of Sanya's story. And, you know, when you were saying that she, doesn't have, she didn't have any, any peers or any, any heroes to look up to, for example, right? Um, if you think about it, it's not only in tennis. There was no... Uh, Indian remotely close to being number one in any sport any, anywhere in the world when, when Sanya got there, right?
0: So it makes that an even more remarkable journey in my view. So then how do you view her rise from a wild card entry in, say, the Australian Open the first time she played, which she even referenced today uh, as she retired, uh, to rank 27 in women's singles? And, you know, despite the fact that like you said, you know that forehand was a great one, but even early on, they knew that there were big weaknesses as well. Yeah, yeah. She says that
1: because she's a very candid person. She says that quite openly that that she had these weaknesses. Uh, the the weaknesses they figured it out, but it was a bit too late to uh, to change. You know, her grip and 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 the way she served. So it was a it was a bit too late to change that. They did try. Uh, i think it gets caught probably by very good coaches at a much earlier age uh, abroad where there's a proper proper system to do it um but despite that the fact that she got to 27 i think is is quite remarkable because she had this wrist injury uh, she had other injuries and uh, and despite that she uh, you know she got there so so i think that's that's a remarkable journey in the singles itself before you even get to the doubles she was a very good singles player uh, if you if you put Sania Mirza of that time uh, in the women's singles set up in the last five years you could probably look at an up ten in the world because uh, you know, there's post Serena, uh, okay there's been Ash Barty to an extent, there's Iga Swantek, but uh, really it's been a free for all. Uh, you've had so many different Grand Slam winners, you had so many women who've come up there and one way to look at it is to say that uh, a lot of women are at a very high level right i think the reality is none of them are consistent none of them are good enough to be there at a very high level for any length of time and in that scenario despite the weaknesses that she had uh, Sanya could well have been top 10 uh, in 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 the last five years but she was there at a time when you know there were some very very great um,
0: great singles players around so then she made this transition to the doubles game. Um, Could you talk about the challenges she faced in that format? See, again, going back to her strength, her strength is the forehand, right? Uh, So
1: I think when she started, it wasn't very clear what kind of partner she would prosper with. And that was also, uh, I think, a, um, a product of, who she got to play with because you know you don't always pick your partners right until you get to a certain level uh, until until you are recognized and people seek you out as a partner right i tell the story of how um uh, she was looking for a partner at uh, at uh, wimbledon and uh, and uh, she saw a 13 year old russian girl playing uh, on the outer courts uh, and uh, she basically asked her if she would partner her and the reason was uh, that she was very good in the ad court and um, Sanya needed someone. It, it was very clear to her coach, uh, her father, uh, Imran Bhai. It was very, very clear to Mahesh Bhupati had told her that before, that uh, you need to be partnered by somebody who's strong on the, on the backhand. Uh, and that was the reason why she and Martina Hingis made such a fantastic pair because Martina was such a strong player on the ad court and, and Sanya the, on the deuce court. Um, and, and that's like the perfect combination.
0: So then, how do you evaluate her successes as a, a doubles player in the mixed doubles and the women's doubles?
1: I think she's a good doubles player. Let's let's just put it uh, out there, right? Uh, she's she's a really good doubles player a reaction time is is very quick which is something that you that you need in doubles uh, hand eye coordination uh, that comes uh, into play which is probably why as i analyze in again in advantage india the um uh, indians pro- make good doubles players because uh, because of the hand eye coordination and and um, uh, you know how they play at the net as well uh, so uh, i think it was almost a given that if she was good in women's doubles she would be good in mixed doubles and in mixed doubles, she had the advantage of uh, having a Mahesh Bhupati, having a Rohan Bopana who she had been playing from when she was 14 years old, and then to an extent, Leander at, at, at some stage. So it was a bit easier for on the mixed doubles in that sense to, to get even Indian partners whenever she, she needed it in a, on a consistent basis. In the women's doubles, it was much more difficult because then she had to go and find the right partners available for the tournaments.
0: There's this perception that singles is the hard game, the doubles is that sort of. Oh, you have a partner, like you said, you know, to complement your game. But could you talk about the challenges of being good at the doubles format? I think it's a it's a
1: it's a it's a, it's a hugely different challenge being uh, being a doubles player. Uh, again, you know, in in singles you have the time it's up to you uh, to decide based on your game how you play right in doubles you are on one side of the court um, and and you'd better be taking care of that right or or if you're good at the net then then you know your partner depends on you uh, for that and i think it takes a certain mentality uh, to be a good team player as well and then thinking very quickly on your feet you've got uh, you know two extremely good players, if you get to that level, you're always playing the world number one, world number two, world number five, whatever. You've got two extremely good players in front of you. Sometimes they're pretty big. And how do you get the ball past them? What are the most inventive things that you could be thinking of? And in perfect coordination with your partner, which is why a lot of singles players don't make good doubles players. Uh, You know, I I point that out again in the book, when I analyzed the the singles grades, Nadal's actually a far better doubles player than uh, Djokovic it just comes naturally to him Uh, and it it doesn't there's nothing good or bad about it it's just how how people play their games right
0: do you think then in that sense that pairing with Martina Hingis which literally seems to have happened in a locker room almost like there was no guarantee of success in that despite the fact that she was pairing with a Martina Hingis then right it wasn't like a easy way Martina was making a
1: comeback right Mm. so you know the Martina Hingis of then wasn't the same as the Martina Hingis you Mm. know 10 years before Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's how serendipity happens, right? I mean, uh, you, you have a strategy, you think it might be the right person, you go for it uh, and it works and it gels, right? It was the same with Leander and, and Martina Navratilova. Uh, I think they made an amazing pair and uh, sort of, uh, you, know, the, you know, Martina's gone on record to say that, that uh, she was the one who asked Leander to play with her. It's just sometimes with experience, you say that, okay, this person could work well with me and then it works.
0: But it also helped that Sanya was at that level where she could talk to Martina Hingis and be taken absolutely. seriously.
1: I, I, absolutely. That's, that's what I was saying before that, you know, you come to a stage where you can have those conversations, you can walk up to the person that you want to play with and say that, play with me, right? Um, and once you get to that stage, uh, I think that's how really, really good doubles teams are formed.
0: Then what for you explains Sanya's longevity given the number of injuries she's had even in a Final year, she's reaching the finals of a Grand Slam tournament. Of final matches in the final of a Grand Slam, which is not really the farewell most people get. How does she maintain herself at that level?
1: Well, I think there are several things here. One is she works extremely hard, and at playing at this level doesn't come uh, without without that work ethic, right? Uh, so she has the same work ethic today as she probably did fifteen years ago, subject to obviously you know a uh, body which is which is uh, you know 15 20 years older second and and to me the most important thing and this is something i um, i remember vijay amritraj telling me about nadal that nadal's game is the 6 inches between his uh, years and it's not only about the brain it's about the the mental strength and Sanya has tremendous mental strength and determination and you cannot get beyond a certain point without that mental strength the resilience the determination and the will to win i think finally she still enjoys playing tennis today and i think you can see that on the court as you said you know in your final grand slam final match i mean you're playing like that uh, and when they lost 7-6 in the first set they were still going hammer and tongs at it right i mean the previous point Sanya had been uh, sania had won for them right so um, yeah uh, i think i think it's it's the enjoyment of the game finally as well which is there, and also the the one point I think which which people miss, and and there's so much said about you know um, Sanya and 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 uh, Sing by by Indians of different uh, kinds. Um, when she or a Leander or a Mahesh, um played for the Indian flag, I think the level at which they played was always higher, and. Honestly, if you, I haven't spoken to her today, but if you were going to go and ask her today, uh, playing with Rohan in the final of her final Grand Slam, to her was probably as good as you know playing for India. Um, in fact, um, the semifinals, right after the semifinals, on the court when they were interviewed, um, both she and Rohan said something to the to the interviewer. Said that the why we are excited about being in the final. Is because it's one more chance to inspire people in India to play tennis. And I mean, what more can you say? Uh,
0: But uh, with Sanya's career, there's also one aspect which um, has dogged her throughout, which is controversy. It ranges from things like uh, whether she's posing for a photograph, whether it's because she wears skirts to play tennis, um, whether it's who her partner will be for the Olympics, um, uh, and f- of course, her personal life where she ended up marrying Shoaib Malik. Um, did the fact that she was the only woman tennis player operating at that will in India mean also that she was maybe a sort of lightning rod for such controversies?
1: Well, I think, first of all, we're a nation of male chauvinist pigs. You would expect, uh, you know... People who have nothing better to do to to indulge in that kind of controversy against uh, a, a woman when uh, a, a Muslim woman from Hyderabad comes and is world number one and is wearing shorts, it's a problem, right? What more can you say about that? It's there's nothing more than that uh, in there. Um, as far as the uh, the uh, controversy about the photo, etc., is concerned, I explained that in my in my book. Uh, it, it, she was photographed with um, a masjid uh, at the back, Uh, she was actually taking shelter from a mob outside the mosque and the picture was taken there and that became a controversy. Uh, So anything was turned into a controversy. She was sitting at a Grand Slam, uh, six feet away from a paper Indian flag lying some photographer uh, from whichever news agency took a photograph, which sort of looked like her foot was on the um the flag i mean it was trick photography and there were cases filed against her and would it have been done for uh, you know an, an, a non-muslim non-woman maybe not so i think i think it's it's a reflection of the societal problems we have more than anything else
0: one of the biggest controversies in indian tennis erupted in 2012 before the london olympics Both Mahesh Bhupati and Rohan Bopanna refused to partner Leander Pays in the men's doubles since they were already playing together in various tournaments. In a bid to pacify Pays, the Indian Tennis Association said he would partner Sanya Mirza in the mixed doubles. This was done despite the fact that Sanya Mirza had been playing alongside Mahesh Bhupati in the mixed doubles in many tournaments. What was remarkable about the incident was that Sanya issued a press release slamming pays, Bhupati and the Indian tennis establishment for their handling of the situation. Anindo says the entire incident not only cost India medals in tennis at the Olympics, but was also a very raw deal for Sanya. How do you view that uh, Olympic pairing in which, you know, Bhupati banks out of pairing with her, she suddenly paired with Leander Pays and she has to bring out a press release saying that, I don't even know really what's going on. Yeah, that was very
1: unfortunate. Um, You know, she got caught in the crossfire between Leander and Mahesh at that point in time. It was just that she wanted to play with Mahesh. um, And uh, and the situation became such that, you know, Mahesh had to make a choice. And uh, he made the choice which didn't include her. Uh, so then she ended up playing with Leander and, and it was a complete mess up uh, of the whole Leander Mahesh situation at that point in time. And she was left alone to manage it, which is very unfortunate. I think that was a year when we had a real chance at an Olympic. Uh, all of them were at their peak. We had a really good chance at getting an Olympic mixed doubles medal. Uh, e- even doubles if Leander and Mahesh had played properly right, together.
0: And you... Mentioned this earlier that the fact that Indian tennis doesn't exist as a system, it broadly has been parent-driven so far. Um, Was that instance, real instance of how Indian tennis has mismanaged say someone like a Sanya Mirza? I don't think there's any management.
1: Uh, Forget about mismanagement, right? Uh, Does the association actually manage any of these players? What contribution do they have to to these players doing uh, doing what they uh, do. And it's not new. This this has been the case uh, from the 1950s, 60s, whatever. It's very unfortunate. And tennis in India will only grow the way that shooting is doing or archery is doing or wrestling is doing when the the government and the, the association get their act together and start create an ecosystem for the sport. In every country that you can look at, where, uh, you know, many, many tennis players come out of, you look at Spain, um, you know, for example, and it was because of governmental intervention and creation of a system uh, near the Barcelona Olympics that really uh, paved the way for uh, for that whole ecosystem of of all these Spanish players, male and female, who come.
0: How do you view her handling of, all these controversies through her career i think she's actually handled them very maturely
1: from when she was quite uh, young people have come out in uh, you know uh, journalists have really been uh, been uh, you know supportive uh, of her uh, at particularly uh, toxic uh, points uh, when when uh, you know uh, controversies have been created from nothing and she's been in a bad shape uh, they've come in and and uh, really spoken out uh, for her uh, so i think that that sort of shows the high regard in which which people uh, hold her all other times when she's been able to manage it as you said you know the example being the 2012 where she releases her own press release that's a very brave thing to do, right? Uh, in in mid career, but uh, but she goes ahead and, and and does that. So I think I think uh, she's handled it
0: very well to the extent that it, it was possible. Yeah. We're speaking at that sort of end of Sanya Mirza's career, but do you think that so far she's gotten her due as an Indian superstar in a sport? I I think she
1: has. You know, I, I think if if she looks back at her, her career and and how Indians look at her largely you know leave aside the the factions which have nothing better to do than you know talk about her personal life but uh, if you look at her tennis and as a tennis player what she has achieved and the adulation she has got the uh, i think the acknowledgement she has got from india of of being uh, india's first world champion in in any sport and um, and and how she's been the flag bearer, and, and she's paved the way for uh, a Sindhu, uh, Sanya Nival, uh, you know, uh, all all the women in different sports who have come after her, right? Uh, so I, I think she would be happy with uh, with with how her career uh, has gone and what she's got from life.
0: Given you are like you said updating your book, how do you end Sanya Mirza's chapter in a sense? Uh, well. You'll have to read
1: that, right? <laughs> wait wait, wait for a month or so and <laughs> you'll find out. <laughs> and and uh, her, her, last, um, her last tournament is also in Dubai, which is now her, home, yeah. her hometown. Uh, so hopefully she does
0: very well there. Today's episode was produced by Jairaj Singh, Sunai Marathi and Anuja Singh. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We're available on TOI+, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, email us at podcast at timesinternet.in.